0: Welcome to the accelerators here for you are a series of tried and tested and proven real world ideas to help you create and enjoy a business and a life of choice the accelerators because success loves speed and now we come to the interview of the month and I'm delighted to bring you the second part of the interview I did with Roy H Williams the wizard of ads. I first came across The Wizard when my wife bought me his book, Secret Formulas of the Wizard of Ads. I was so taken with it that I bought one of his other books called The Wizard of Ads. They're just brilliant. So I contacted Kareen, Roy's secretary, and asked if he'd be available for the interview. I'm delighted to say he was. In the previous issue of The Achiever's Edge, I told you a great deal about Roy. Let me give you a bit of a praisie. He's got a number of books. The Wizard of Ads, which was voted Business Book of the Year in 1998, Secret Formulas of the Wizard of Ads, Magical Worlds of the Wizard of Ads, and Accidental Magic, which I've recently read, and it's brilliant. He's often been introduced as the most magnetic and mesmerizing speaker in the world today, and he's been trying to live up to those words ever since. He has so many great ideas to share with us, so let's go to the second part now.
1: See, Peter, there's a second greatest myth in advertising is that the secret is to reach the right people. That is crap. Crap, 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 crap. I have never seen a business fail because they were reaching the wrong people. But I've seen hundreds fail because they were saying the wrong thing.
0: Boy, does that make sense. So when we're looking at these ideas of grabbing the customer, what are your additional thoughts on the retention strategies in order to keep those customers by using good words
1: interesting question you ask and i'm glad you asked it because retention is not a function of advertising in the advertising performance equation you see share of voice which is what percentage of all the advertising in your category is yours share of voice times impact quotient salience relevance the power of the ad equals share of mind Share of voice can be purchased, but share of mind must be earned. Advertising is now over. Share of mind times personal experience factor equals share of market. Personal experience factor is the word on the street. It is someone's experience with your company, either my own or a friend who has talked to me about you. Now, retention is a function of how good are you at what you do, to what degree do you deliver on your promises, do you deliver exactly what you promised? Do you exceed it, or do you fall short of it? That's the personal experience factor. Here's what's funny about advertising. A good ad brings a person in for the first experience, but what brings them in for the second experience? Memory of the first experience. Absolutely. And so retention, uh, this is why, you know, we're kind of hard to hire as a company, Peter, and here's why. If we're not really convinced that a company's only problem is advertising, we don't get involved. If we think they have some internal problems or if they kind of suck at what they do, we just don't get involved because there's a lot of things advertising can't fix. And a poorly trained staff or an in-store experience that is somehow less than the customer anticipated, you can't fix that with advertising. We don't want to be the guys who take the bullet wherever the business starts trending down. Therefore, we cheat. We only go to work for people who really deserve to be better known than they currently are.
0: In other words, where the product lives up to the promise that you make? Bingo. Got it. Roy, how can your ideas on advertising, which is the word we've been using, be used in, uh, you might even pull me up on this, in other forms of marketing such as direct mail or email?
1: Oh, here's what's funny. Whether, golly, I'm... These are the best questions I've ever been asked, Peter, by any interviewer, and I've done this many, 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 many times. So I would—I hesitate to say hundreds, but maybe more than 200, close to three. Bottom line, the message is what matters. The vehicle of its delivery is almost irrelevant. In other words, the right words in the right order are the right words in the right order, whether it's catalog copy, web copy, email, direct mail, radio copy, or the voiceover of a TV ad, or if it's just a salesperson nose-to-nose on the sales floor, the right words in the right order are the right words in the right order. Therefore, in this company, we do not think of writing a radio ad as opposed to writing a direct mail letter. We don't worry about how the words are going to be delivered. We only are worried about what we're saying and how we're saying it and why someone might care.
0: On the basis that, even if they're reading it, if it's written as though it was spoken, they're hearing it just as though they were hearing a radio ad.
1: The only advantage of auditory advertising, that being television and radio, the only advantage is that the writer is not at the mercy of the reader's ability to read. Now, you said it very well. You said if you write the same way that you talk, that's good, assuming the reader is skilled enough to hear the words as you intended for them to be heard. But you got to keep in mind, Peter, half the population are below-average readers Gotcha. Important point.
0: So that's why when I often see in the stuff that I get off the net and the various e zines and newsletters I get and the research I try and do about communication skills, I hear this expression, which is not a UK expression, it's more of an American expression, write as though you were speaking to an eighth grader. Have I got that right?
1: Well, yeah, I've never heard it put exactly that way, but there's another old expression if you sell to the masses, you'll live with the classes. Yeah. But if you sell to the classes, you'll live with the masses. Now that's my problem. I think you and I both tend to write for more intelligent people. You speak and write toward a more intelligent person. That makes us cult figures. If you want to get rich, you have to be willing to communicate to basically stupid people. And I mean that in love, but not everybody can be above average. Can I be, like, really blunt with you?
0: You could be as blunt as you like, right.
1: right? Peter, you may want to edit this out. Okay. But you don't have to, but think about this with me. Will do. Chicken Soup for the Soul. Mm-hmm. Reader's Digest. The Seven Habits of Highly Defective People. <laughs> okay? And then you've got uh, Who Moved My Cheese. Now, were these actually good books? Were these intelligent books? Were these books written with a high and lofty purpose? Or was it pablum? Was it cream of wheat for the masses? See, that's my point. I'm not trying to trash anybody. And that's why I say, you know, use your own judgment. You may want to edit this. When you write to the masses, you're having to simplify things so that they're simpler than the truth. Now, Albert Einstein said, make things as simple as they can be, but not simpler. Yes. And too often, in order to satisfy the need, of ignorant people to feel like they know things are made simpler than they can be made and we dumb things down to such a degree that we give people a placebo they think they have understanding when they really don't I refuse to do that which is why I condemn myself to writing only to the top 10 percent or 15 percent of the nation in the world of business and commerce the average goober is reading Goober magazines looking for, you know, 10 steps toward uh, whatever. And they think it's just a simple little formula, and nothing is a simple little formula. Nothing. No.
0: How did the Wizard Academy come about, and what happens there, Roy? (laughs) Well,
1: well, Peter, you really need to make it down, and I'll tell you why. The thing we were just talking about, about what I call the literati. The literati are the well-read well-informed, extremely, extremely intelligent underachievers in the world. It's the people that are richly entertained by their own journey and their own discovery and their own experiments and the success of those experiments, and they're on this learning journey. The people that make a zillion dollars are very often people who never get bored with doing the exact same thing over and over and over and over and over, and that takes either an unbelievable discipline or kind of an ignorant person, frankly, to keep doing the same thing. And when you've chewed all the flavor out of the gum, why not spit it out of your mouth? But the people who make a lot of money are the people who keep doing the simple things. Well, I don't want to do that, and the people that come to Wizard Academy don't want to do that. It's like in the past 12 months. We've had a chief engineer from NASA. We've had NASA astrophysicists. We've had Nobel Prize-winning chemists, I mean, psychologists, professors, um, university presidents, scientists, and inventors. And the people who come here hear kind of a funny, the call of the tribe. They read my stuff. They realize, hey, these are my people, you know. (laughs) And they read the course descriptions at wizardacademy.com. And so we make it kind of hard to come here. We don't really promote the school in any traditional ways. It's kind of an underground thing. Most classes stay sold out weeks or sometimes months in advance, and they're very small, intimate classes. The things that we do here, it's actually very highly structured, but it doesn't feel that way while you're here. And so we have about 14, almost 1,500 graduates so far. When you realize that class sizes are like 12 to 15 to 20 people, mostly journalists. Ministers, educators, advertising professionals, and scientists. I mean, all of these people, intensely curious and wanting to be able to communicate with greater impact. We've even had uh, one commander from the Pentagon...
0: So the real key reason people come is to improve their communication, whether that happens to be one-to-one, whether it's commerce, whether it's in science, whether it's in advertising or whatever it's in.
1: We even do it with artists, literally painters, sculptors and musicians, because not just communicating through words, whether written or spoken, but communicating through all the languages of the mind, the languages of shape and color, juxtaposition and ratio. We have a class on architecture taught by one of the leading architects in the country, Marley Porter. Every building he has ever designed has either been featured in a television show or on the cover of a magazine. And he's also the architect for the entire campus at the New Wizard Academy, currently under construction, 21 acres, on top of a plateau right at the edge of Austin, Texas.
0: Sounds awesome. I'm going to turn this in a different direction, if I may, Roy. Of course. You're obviously successful in your business. What do you see as the key traits of successful business owners?
1: Successful business owners, they have the courage of their convictions. They have staying power. That is not universally true. Some people are successful because they were in the right place at the right time, and they had incredibly weak competitors. (laughs) I'm, I'm totally serious about
0: it. Yeah, I know you are, yeah, I know you are. They're just
1: not that good at what they do, and if they were in most other towns, they would just get killed. But because their competitors are duller than they are, they win and they win big. Therefore, you can never look at somebody who's successful and assume that they're doing everything right, or even that they're doing anything right. But that's a, a mistake a lot of people make when they oversimplify. They look at something successful and they assume that what these people are doing is somehow, quote, working and they never look at the complete environment. But if we exclude that group, and we say, well, okay, the people who truly deserve their success, what do they have in common? The courage of their convictions and staying power. They believe, they believe deeply, and they're willing to pay the price for their beliefs.
0: Over all these years that you've been doing these things, and finally when Princess Penny got the people to come to you instead of you to them, there must have been times when you maybe had things you would call failures. Some people use those words. What were they? What did you learn from them? How could somebody else learn from that, right?
1: Uh, failures. You know, I usually put failures out of my mind so quickly that it's hard for me to remember them. I know that I've had them. I know that I expect them from time to time. I budget for them. And I refuse to let them bother me. I have to be honest, though, Peter. I think most of the time, frankly, I don't remember my failures because I always was suspicious from the start that it might not work. When I've had absolute confidence in something, I cannot remember a time that ever failed. It's only when I'm doing something with a little bit of a grimace, when I'm doing something with my fingers crossed, as an experiment, just kind of testing it, hoping that maybe I'm right, you know, about half of those just were complete mistakes. And you kind of suspect that it might be. So it didn't really bother
0: you. It was almost a learning curve. You thought, oh, move on.
1: Right. Well, the thing is, you know, the other half the time, they surprise you and they work. And they work much better than you had anticipated. And you realize that's why you made the experiment to begin with.
0: Yeah, isn't that true? Well, look, Roy, we're obviously coming towards the end of our time together. So here's my usual final question. Apart from all the things that you've already talked about and all the great ideas you've shared, would you have one final piece of advice to anybody who wanted to be more successful, obviously based on the ideas that you've started to talk about today.
1: Peter, the one piece of wisdom I would share, and we've talked all the way around it, but we've never put the arrow in the bullseye until this moment, it would be this. Strategy is paramount. Copy cannot improve a strategy. It can only deliver the strategy. I used earlier the example of one-hour heating and air conditioning. There is no powerful way to tell a boring story. The key is to start with something that is inherently powerful. Strategy. What will be the essence of your message? Writing comes more easily when you have something to say. Too few companies really have anything to say. And so if you want to be successful, put yourself in the shoes of your customer and say, why would anybody really care? Not, why would I hope they care? Not, why should they care? But why would they care? I think a big mistake, as a matter of fact, it causes alarms to go off in my head, Peter. When I hear a business owner say, you need to help me educate the customer. No, 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 no. Rather than trying to convince the public to think like you, why don't we just get you to think like the public? Sell them their way.
0: Easily and cleverly put, I like it. And here's my final, final question. If it hadn't been that piece of advice, Roy, what would it have been?
1: Love what you do and use more verbs.
0: Simply said, Roy H. Williams, The Wizard of Ads, what can I say? This has been tremendous. I've learned so much as I have from your books as well. If someone wants to get more details about you, Roy, do they go to wizardacademy.com?
1: Wizardacademy.com.
0: Excellent stuff. And they get hold of the books there and find out about the seminars and all that. At
1: wizardacademy.com, they will see a link to wizardacademypress.com, which is our publishing company. My own works and the works of dozens of our graduates audio video and hardback and paperback stuff
0: roy thank you so much it's been a real pleasure
1: it's been great peter
0: if you've enjoyed our session today why not head over to our website where we have loads of resources on product creation on sales on marketing and of course on personal success that's at the i'll
1: see you there